0: Hello and welcome to our podcast, In Diverse Conversations. At In Diverse Company, we help organizations to create inclusive cultures that are not just good for business, but good for people too. We've been fortunate enough to meet some fantastic influencers in this space that really brings to life why inclusion is important, not just from a work perspective, but also the effects of change in the wider society. We'll be covering topics such as mental well-being, social mobility, men's mental health, neurodiversity and everything in between. Our podcast series is a chance for our listeners to be able to share some fantastic stories as well as taking away some key insights that can be put into practice. We hope you find this valuable. This is Priscilla Barthor, Global Head of Diversity and Inclusion at the Financial Times. Prior to joining the FT, Priscilla oversaw ITN's diversity and inclusion strategy and pioneered their work around the gender and ethnicity pay gap. Before that, Priscilla spent five years at Channel 4, where not only did she spearhead four talent, but also won the Deputy Prime Minister's Excellence Award for playing a pioneering role in tackling social mobility. Priscilla was also part of the Channel 4 team responsible for implementing their 360 Diversity Charter. Named as one of the top eight Bane Workplace Heroes in 2018, Priscilla is also a board member at Inclusive Companies and The Hayden Talent. So welcome Priscilla, so excited to have you with us today. Um, let's start things off with a quick fire round and just let me know which of the two you prefer. Okay. So sunrise or sunset definitely sunrise music or podcast see that's a really tough one but it has to be music um phone calls or text phone calls always <laughs> always 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 it's so much more quicker than to to text you can yeah. get instant response yeah definitely phone calls i'm old school so if the phone rings you'll answer it because i hate like I hate it when people call. I have to feel prepared. Yeah, oh, see, I'm thinking about on the other side. I like to call people if I want a response really quickly. Yeah. But, yeah, sometimes phone calls, I'm like, ah, just send me a text. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get back to you in a bit. But, yeah, I'm Um, old school. And then to well-being on a scale of one to ten, what would it be? Ten being amazing, right? Ten being this is the best day of my life. Okay. One being... Let right. it be brain, start again. okay. <laughs> so, I think I'm at about six if I'm being really honest. Okay, yeah, explain the six. Okay, six because I'm spinning so many plates at the minute. Yeah, um, I've had a day that's back to back. Yeah, um, also, thank you for squeezing me in. You're most welcome. <laughs> like, this was a must, it had to happen. Um, and I've also got other things playing in the back of my mind, so yeah, it's. My kids' World Book Day tomorrow. Oh, okay. So I'm thinking, right, I need to sort out their outfits. Yeah. They kind of know what they're wearing. And, yeah. And I have some home stuff going on in the background where I'm thinking I need to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So you know when your to-do list just gets longer? Yeah. As the week goes on? Yeah. That's how I feel. But it's Thursday, <laughs> Friday tomorrow, so hashtag winning. Generally, do you think that this is kind of where you are on a day-to-day scale, like a six, because there's stuff going on, or is it t- does it tend to be higher or lower? If you were to think about, like, the last week or so... I would say I usually tend to be higher. Yeah. Um, depending on what I'm dealing with at work. Yeah. Um, so some days, I think I just find that when you have a day that's back to back, it gets, for me, I have to leave the office at a decent hour because I want to do bedtime. Yeah. And so it means then I, I go home, put the kids to get bed, do mummy stuff, start my second job, I call it. <laughs> and then I um, will probably like log back in and do a couple of things. Yeah. And so I think when you have days like that, it does feel like you're... You're quite stressed because yeah. you haven't ended the day and gone home and sort switched off. Yeah. Um, but on days where I do, like, yeah. it's amazing. I'm, I'm ticking things off the list <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's 10. I've being got to like a superwoman. Yeah, being superwoman, then it's good. But so I like to be around between 8 and 10. When yeah. I get to 6, I'm like, I okay. Oh, how often are you at 10? Do you know what? Quite, I, I, I like to be there. Yeah. Yeah. At time, Like quite, oh, quite a few. I would say in a month, yeah. quite frequently, I would say. Yeah. I try to be, but that's because. I think it's really important to manage your mental health. Yeah, and so I'm aware of triggers. Okay, very, yeah. very aware. Yeah, so I know when I'm at that point where I just need to stop. Yeah, I know when I'm at that point where I need a break. I know where I have to just cancel some dinner dates. Yeah, you know, I know that. That's this week, the other yeah. thing. Like for me, I've really had to learn in the last year is it's okay to say no to stuff if it's not what you want to do. That's yes. not an offense at the other person. It's just I just want to chill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and I've got better at doing that as I've got older I think. Like you can't yeah. You can't make everybody happy whilst making yourself happy sometimes. Yeah. And I I'm really good now I think or I'm better I should say at saying right this week is mad something it's got to give. Yeah. Whereas in the past I've just kind of gone with it yeah. and it's got to a Friday and yeah. I'm like burnt out. Like I know I couldn't go out three evenings in a week like no. I would I would be exhausted. It froze me over the edge. I started my week off with an evening thing Mm. and I always find that Mondays, if you start that way with a late night, it's just, you never... It's downhill from there. Hence why I'm at six. (laughs) (laughs) I listened to a really interesting podcast a couple of weeks ago about just just that very thing about being able to say no to things Mm. positively. And one of the tips was don't say, I'm so sorry and then give an explanation why or even lie. It was... That sounds lovely. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to attend, and I just yeah. thought there's so much power in that statement. because yeah. you're not saying I don't. I don't want it to be good, yeah. or I don't think it's going to be entertaining. Yeah, it's just not a commitment that I can make. Yeah. So when I, when I'm about to decline something, and just in general, I've stopped trying to say sorry. Yeah. No sorry emails. We always no sorry in Texas. If I can't do something yeah. or it hasn't been done, you can. Pol- I can politely say. Not yeah. going to be able to do it yeah. in this time scale, yeah. can do it in that. I feel like sometimes you just over apologize. Yeah, I do. I completely do. Yeah. A lot. And I find myself doing it and I'm like, why am I apologizing? Delete that song. Yeah, Yeah. So actually, this will make you laugh. So yesterday, I like. It's been so busy that I can't actually respond to all those WhatsApp messages, those yeah. texts. Hence, why I said phone yeah. again earlier. And I um, so there's just a few people that I haven't got back to. And it was a friend's birthday yesterday, and I wanted to put post up to wish her happy birthday. Really good friend's birthday, but I knew that there will be people that will be like, "Oh, oh she's oh, online. She's responded." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I just literally wrote a post that said, um, "Sorry if I haven't replied your call or your message." Um, yes, I'm online. Yes, I'm still busy. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because how mad's that? That like the first thing you think is, oh, I have to justify my, my actions to everybody else. Like, exactly. It's not that you're neglecting them. It's Time is precious. Yeah. And you kind of have to decide on a scale of importance where that response goes. But it doesn't mean that the love's not there. Exactly. I just think we're really hard on ourselves sometimes. And it's this instant culture, microwave culture, that I call it, where it's instantly you need to respond. Um, and we can't oh, keep up Blue like Ticks that. and me. Yeah, I'm like they've blue. They're on Blue Tick and they yeah. haven't responded. Yeah, and I just think they haven't. They've read the message. They're processing it. Yeah. they will reply back because yeah. I know that I do. Yeah, well, or sometimes. sometimes I read a message yeah. and then I'm in mean, the middle days. of something. Yeah, and I forget. I have yeah. to respond straight away. Text messages. I'm definitely like that because I'm yeah. like. I sometimes I forget where that box is. Yeah, no, <laughs> I know right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, let's get back on track. I love back talking on track. but we can easily just go off track. So know, easily. Your mental health is a six today. Generally, mm-hmm. you like to try and keep it eight to ten. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, could you share with us your journey as a black woman working in the media industry and where you are today? So we've kind of talked about in my intro you've been at some really iconic brands, and mm. you're at the FT now, but yeah. you know you started at Channel 4 and ITN, yeah. and you've done some really groundbreaking stuff. Could you just kind of talk us through how you got into media, and, and what it's been like for you? Yeah, sure. Um, so I guess I knew from a very young age that I mm. wanted to work in media. I knew I wanted to work in the creative industries, but wasn't mm-hmm. quite sure what that was, mm. and what I wanted to do. And when I um, was 16, you know, I actually was before 16, at 14, I did work experience at a law firm because, mm-hmm. in my mind, I was at that age, I thought, actually, maybe I want to be a lawyer. And I come from a family. That, Any influence from your family? Yeah, yeah. just a little yeah. bit. <laughs> just a little bit of influence from my dad. And so I was kind of going along that plan, but deep down, like, I really wanted to work in media, yeah. but I didn't know what it was. I didn't understand how it all came together. And you together. can't just say, Dan, I don't want to do law. I want. I want to work in media because exactly. they're going to be like, "What exactly yeah. is your plan?" Exactly. Yeah. So I, um when I was so, I went and did work experience when I was 16 at the BBC. Okay. Cool. And so this is really, I think, where the journey started for me because I was at sixth form, was mm-hmm. doing my A levels, and at this point, I'd had a conversation with my parents where I said, "I'm going to do this media thing," and my dad was like. Media? And I was like, yeah, yeah, media. And he goes, oh, you mean media law? And I said, no, dad, not media law. Media, media. Like, I'm gonna be a journalist. And he was like, what? Are you feeling all right? And I was like, yeah, I'm doing it. And you know, I'll be honest with you, he wasn't happy. Yeah. And um, both my parents weren't that happy. But one thing that my mum said to me was, whatever you do, you're gonna have to do it really well. Yeah. And if you're going into this media industry thing, Whatever Whatever that is. Whatever that is, whatever (laughs) that looks like to you. We Mm. don't have any contacts in that world. Yeah. And there's this whole thing going on around kind of unpaid work Mm. and freelancing. Mm. What's that stability gonna be like for you? Mm. You know, really you should think about a job where you're gonna have that security. Mm. But if that's what you wanna do, we're right behind you. But as a black woman entering into that industry, Mm. be aware. With no connections. With no connections. No option of not like unpaid work for six months a year. Exactly. Be aware that you're gonna have to work twice as hard as Mm. your white counterpart Mm -hmm. and you can't be mediocre. Mm -hmm. And so I was a bit like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Honestly. But at that age though, you're kind of like, you're very robust and, you know, yeah. Completely. You can do anything, right? Yep, completely, completely. And so I went to, like I said, at 16, my tutor then says to me, I said, I'm really serious about getting into the media. I wanna get some work experience. And I think she was quite surprised and she realized Mm -hmm. how hard working I was and she set up this work experience for me at the BBC and so I was 16 going into BBC during a summer holiday and all my friends thought I was crazy because they're like why do you want to go and work when we're just chilling during the summer yeah but this was really important to me and those words really kind of um kind of ingrained yeah yeah, in me so I remember saying to my tutor at the time I'll never forget Louisa she I said oh like what about um Erin and she was like Erin And she was like, oh, don't worry about Erin. She'll always be all right. And at that time, I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. Until a few years later, I realised that, Erin was always going to the States on holiday she worked at a design company that her dad had hooked up for her she worked at a magazine in the States that her auntie got for her she had the connections she had the connections and at the time I was like oh this is really unfair that you're giving me an opportunity and not Erin and I didn't get what this whole she'll be alright thing was until this point so anyway fast forward um, I do my work experience at the BBC this is definitely what I want to do I go to uni I do my degree in broadcast journalism I'm loving it I know that I'm going to come out I'm going to be a broadcast journalist while I was at uni continued to do work experience did stuff for student magazines student radio and then I came out and it wasn't until really, I'd say, I probably got my first job in the industry that I started to see what those barriers were to entry. Right. So the first barrier was the financial, mm-hmm. right? So I couldn't afford to live off the bank of mum and dad. And all I always see was unpaid work experience. So it meant that I was working seven days a week. So, yeah. that, so I could work volunteer Monday to Friday. Yeah. And then at the weekend, I'd have to work. To live. Remember, my parents were like, you better make this thing yeah. that you've got happened yeah. over here work. Yeah. Um, so seven days a week, I was having to do that. The second was what my dad spoke to me about, which was the network. Mm. There was no one from my family, no, with no friends that my... Social parents, circle. My social that could help get me a foot in the door. Yeah. And if you think about it, three years beforehand, four years beforehand, when I was at um, the BBC, those connections had moved around. Mm-hmm. And actually, I knew then that I didn't want to get into production. Yeah. Okay. And that's where I'd done my, my work experience. And the other barrier, I would say, was information. So I didn't really know what you needed to do to get into a specific role. Yeah. It just Because at university, I was taught that, basically, the world's your oyster. You get yeah. this degree and... You'll be turning down jobs. You be, yeah. yeah. You'll yeah. be on the screen before you know it. You'll be reading <laughs> ITV news. No, that didn't happen. <coughs> um, so I, at that point, I guess... Like I said, before that, I didn't really understand as well why there were schemes for, for people from diverse backgrounds. Yeah. Like, why was there a scheme for ethnic minorities to get into media? Mm. I was like, this is a level playing field. Yeah. Like, I just need to show them what I'm about and I'm going to get the job. Yeah. Um. But then I, when I entered, I started to realise that there were a lot of issues. So um, yep. So I worked doing events for a while. I did radio PR, mm-hmm. um, and then there was a point in my career. I worked for an organisation called um, Media Trust, which mm-hmm. was a media communications organisation that connected um, kind of the media to um, to charity volunteer voluntary yeah. sector and i was in a role where i worked with a number of disadvantaged young people mm-hmm. to help um get them back into education or employment um, and using media as a tool for engagement So mm-hmm. working on media projects and then attaching um working on those projects but attaching mentors to the young people to support mm-hmm. them on these projects and it was amazing and i think at that point i realized that the influence that we have as individuals to help others and mm-hmm. i really wanted to the ladder back down and create opportunities for people that didn't have a network, yeah, um, and open doors for people. So I did that, I loved it. I worked on some great partnerships mm-hmm. with like Sky, ITN. We did projects like Breaking Into News, mm-hmm. Column Idol with the Sun newspaper. Um, and then Channel 4 came locking and they said, We've seen all this work you've done around social mobility, working with young people from disadvantaged backgrounds, and we want to do more of that, yeah. We want to do more of that, and it's important, it's in our remit, yeah, um, for us to um, support. People from that community, yeah, and so come here and look after full talent. So my first role at Channel Four was heading up full talent, which was the bit of Channel Four that works around the country with new talent and young people, and it was amazing. Yeah, because I was able. How did you feel when, like, when you? started the first day do you remember i honestly it was like a dream come true yeah because for me i was always in that channel 4 building having done events with them working yeah. with them on. Projects. and you did you ever have that point like you was like one day i'm gonna work here yeah yeah and you know what happened i said about actually before i got my job at channel 4 i felt pregnant with my daughter mm. and um before i went off on maternity leave someone said to me like, what would be your dream job? Mm. And I said it would be doing something like what I'm doing now, but at a place called Channel Four. Mm. But I was like, that will never happen because mm. the lady that heads up full talent is has been there for years and she's not going anywhere. I know mm. her; like, she's amazing. She's not going anywhere. And I came back from Matt leave two months in, um, and I'm like, let me just go and have a coffee with with this lady that was heading up the um, the the division at the time and find out more, you know, yeah. about her role. Yeah. So we have this chat. And it was going all really well. And then she was like, oh, and just to let you know, like, I'm leaving. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) You don't want to grin too much. Yeah, you don't don't want to grin too much. And I was like, oh, wow. And and so we had this... what are you going to be doing? Yeah. And she was like, oh, the the role's changing. We're doing a bit of restructuring. Yeah. And... Yeah, and the rest was history. Yeah, so I, I, I go into Channel Four and it's amazing, and it's literally. I remember walking in on my first day, looking at the big four, and I'm like, "Wow!" And of all the the channels, it was Channel Four. Yeah, Channel Four was the channel that gave me Desmonds. Yeah, you know, where I'd run yeah. down the stairs and yeah. you know, and I'd would, I'd would get what what I wanted to see on screen. Yeah, and so it meant a lot being at Channel Four, but it meant even more. For me to open up the door, for me I felt a kind of weight on my shoulders to 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 open up the door and create opportunities for people, and that's what I did. So when we was going around the country looking for new talent, it was kind of giving them the information, the skills, Mm. and to come into Channel 4 and saying, look, these are, this is what we're looking for. We want Mm. people like you that are super talented. This is what you need to get in. Mm. And people would would say to me, like, is there a is there like is there some kind of secret? Yeah, 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 like yeah. what's going on here? Yeah. Like, are, you, are you paying people? What are you up yeah. to? And I'm like, no, this is for real. Like we want people like you. So it was amazing. And then I went into commissioning for five years later. So I managed all the early careers programs. So like apprenticeships, internships, mm. training programs. I worked on the Paralympics, which was amazing. Was amazing. Um, helped to get um, disabled talent to Rio Paralympics yeah. and had my second child, my son. And then I moved into commissioning mm-hmm. to help production companies with their diversity guidelines. Yeah. Um, I was part of the team that put together the 360 Charter, as you know. Yeah. And I just knew that So what's the 360 Charter for those that don't know? So the 360 Charter is taking a 360-degree look at diversity within an organisation. So mm-hmm. for Channel 4, that meant looking at workforce mm-hmm. internally, what we're doing in teams to increase representation. But also it was on screen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and um, lo- working with our production companies to ensure that... They were meeting certain um, guidelines yeah. around editorial decision makers because we, at that point on screen, it looked really diverse, right? So yeah. we had shows like The Undateables yeah. um, and things like that that looked really diverse, but we didn't have those editorial decision makers and okay. production teams making the content. Yeah. And as you know, that's crucial. Those yeah. roles are really crucial. But what I started to realize, having left my work in full talent into commissioning, was that. There was a lot of growth at early careers level at that point. Yeah. And that was this was kind of going back to about 2016. And I felt like we'd done a lot around apprenticeships mm. and internships. And when I looked around at Channel 4, actually we had people from diverse backgrounds coming in, but they weren't progressing. For whatever reason, they were hitting yeah. a glass ceiling. Yeah. And I knew inside me that that was the next area that I wanted to focus on. Yeah. So that's what I did. You love a challenge. I love a challenge. <laughs> I do love a challenge. And so I left um, to set on my own thing. And I was like, right, I'm going to consult. I'm going to work with um, various companies and helping with their diversity strategy. And how old were your kids at this time? So they were fairly young. Yeah. So my um, son was one. Wow. At the time, yeah. Actually, when I left, he was about near, approaching one and a half. Yeah. Um, and my daughter was about five, six. Yeah. Um. So how did you how did you juggle being a mum of like two young children, um, and deciding to kind of freelance and and, and look at consultancy and moving yeah. away from that security of being at you know an iconic brand such as Channel 4 yeah it was it was one of the hardest decisions I've ever made in my life yeah and because it I sorry I always remember my mum when I think about this because she sat me down and she said so what about your pension? <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? Like, she, she thought, like, this is what you've always wanted. Like, yeah. you're doing a you've job got that, that you security. love. You've got that security. Yeah. Like, why do you want to leave? Like, why do you want to do your own thing? Yeah. Because she comes from a very different. Yeah. I and mean, in like that culture. generation, it's very much about like if the long term plan is don't ruffle feathers. Yeah. You know, your get your head but, down. Yeah, and just yeah. ride it out. Whereas I think like our generation very much kind yeah. of like trailblazers and uh, yeah. I, I want to do this, I want to try that. And yeah, it's you, yeah. it's so funny how similar our careers are but it, and <laughs> our personalities. But it's kind <laughs> of like, you know, when you're like, yeah, Yo, I, I get the security, but yeah. I just want to try. Like, what's the worst that can happen? And I feel like you're very much like that as a person. Like, yeah. it's better to try it yeah. and you've got that experience, good, yes. bad or indifferent. Yeah, but and, it took a lot for me to get there, I'll be really honest. Yeah. And that's why my, my, my whole kind of mandate at the minute is just you've just got to feel the fear and do it sometimes and mm. take a risk. Mm. Because for me, the risk did pay off. Mm. And so I one of my big projects after I left Channel 4 was um, ITN. Yes. So it was to go to ITN and it was to set up the uh, diversity strategy there. Mm-hmm. So again, newly created role. A lot of the work they'd already done was around entry level. They yeah. so just realised that they just weren't seeing the talent kind of develop, progress mm. into that mid-senior level and wanted a new strategy, cross-company, um so I worked with the CEO and the exec team to set up targets. Yeah. Um then, you know, gender pay gap was very topical. Yeah. And then we were one of the first companies at ITN to publish the gen the ethnicity pay gap. So what was the was there any initial resistance to either of those? And if there was, how did you overcome that? So so I would say, okay, so gender pay, not really. Mm. And, and, and I think it's because there was legislation around it. Yeah, There was a build-up. People knew it was coming for a long time. Yeah, And so gender pay, I don't feel like, even in terms of the gender agenda, I mm. don't feel like there was much resistance. But the thing about the ethnicity pay gap, as you know, the moment you make mention race, everyone starts to feel really uncomfortable mm. talking about race. And so I did, if I'm honest, not just at ITN, but wherever I've worked in terms of media, I feel like there's always that resistance around, not resistance, but more Hesitation. Caution, hesitation yeah. around ethnicity, because it's the elephant in the room. It's yeah. the conversation that no one wants to have. Yeah. And for me, at that time at ITN, it felt like a conversation that we really needed to have, mm-hmm. because Gender Pay Gap got published, the figures weren't great. Yeah. Big figures in the media, mm-hmm. um, personalities, were making a lot of noise about it, mm-hmm. calling it out. You know, mm-hmm. Each week it was a different company that was announcing their gender pay gap figures. But when we published the ethnicity pay gap at ITN, it was silence. In fact, it was overwhelming, awkward silence. Mm-hmm. And that cut me actually, because mm-hmm. it was like, hang on a minute, there's a gap here, mm-hmm. we need to talk about something. And it was like, managers weren't talking about it, mm-hmm. staff weren't talking about it, ethnic minorities, there were, there were a few people, and I, if, if I'm being really honest, I would take some of those those junior members of staff or those mm. that weren't as experienced were vocal about it. Yeah. And that's how you can see the change there, I guess, in generations. Yeah. yeah. But those that were kind of my age group or older weren't really saying much about it. And so what we did was, um, well, what I did was said, right, we need to talk about race. Yeah. So I set up some focus groups yeah. with the CEO and the HR director, and it was an opportunity for everyone to come together and talk about race. Like, why is it awkward? Why mm. has there been silence? What are the issues in our organisation? And it was the best thing that we ever did. And what was the what were the reasons that were coming out that there was this awkwardness? Was it just that I don't know? People didn't know how to start the conversation, or they yeah. were scared where it was going to lead. Yeah. So people didn't know where to start. Um, there was there was always this thing around people being cautious worried that they would be offend someone, yeah. not knowing the right language to use. So yeah, so that's a really interesting point. So mm. from your experience, and you as a person, what's yeah. your feeling about the use of language when talking about race and difference? Because sometimes, as you said, there's this, I don't want to use the word black, but I describe myself as black, so you can describe right? me as black. yeah. Do you, do you know, like, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation, but for instance, it would be, um, it's Dina. Like, say I'm in a room and they'll be like, the one with the leopard print top on. Yeah. You can just say the The black black (laughs) one. Yeah. I know. And I'm the same as you. And again, I think it's because we come from that same generation. Yeah. But but, uh, yeah, I I don't know. So, what my thing is just ask what Mm. a person prefers especially if you're in your team if you just met someone for the first time obviously it's much more awkward but i'm i prefer people to just i don't mind being called a black woman in fact yeah. i prefer that yeah. than being called a person of color because yeah. that's not actually the term that i've grown up around yeah whereas i have i'll identify f- with I, I don't identify with that yeah yet. and i think that um people i've got friends however that they don't want to be called black woman yeah and i'm like okay that's yeah. fine and they prefer a person of color yeah um and and it's it's like mixed race isn't it and biracial yes. and all of that yes and so, and so i just think always ask what people feel comfortable with yeah um because that just saves a lot of you know yeah. it saves a lot like of. if i'm meeting someone for the first time somewhere say somewhere public i'll tend to say like look out for the black girl with the dreads yeah because that's what you're gonna see that's the first thing you're gonna that's see I would when you do. see me yeah whereas like if someone else is describing me being somewhere, they yeah. might say she'll have a red coat on. Yeah, and there'll be twenty other. I people think it's with red because they just don't um, want. They're scared of offending. And <coughs> there's been times I think where people have been called out for saying the wrong thing, and almost shot down. Yeah, and I'm not saying that. I'm not agreeing that what they've said is the right thing. Yeah. But I think it makes this agenda difficult for us. But also and you can re educate kindly. You can re educate kindly and also you need we need people to be engaged. Yeah. But what happens is people get shot down and then they disengage. And that's worse because we're not going to move the agenda forward if we're not able to have an open conversation about it. Yeah. So So your approach would be well your preferred approach is that have the conversation and work out what as an individual works for that person don't make an assumption because all black girls are not the same all black boys are not the same everyone's different right and I think that's what I struggle with in terms of the word BAME so we're all grouped together black, Asian, mixed, other, whatever we're all grouped can I just say I love the way we're flowing from questions (laughs) (laughs) the problem we're going to have is shutting up (laughs) I'm just like, yeah. tick, 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm So, gonna, no, so yeah, yeah, okay. So, the the, the terminology bang, mm-hmm. you have a problem with that. The mm-hmm. reason being, I'll let you carry on. Yeah, because I just don't think that, but when, when we're not all the same. Yeah. And again, you can have two black women. Um, that have grown up on the same road mm. and they're still not the same. Yeah. Their experiences can be completely different. Yeah. And so I struggle with that term BAME of all being grouped together. And actually, yeah. for me in this role, if I break down the data, it looks very different for a person of colour yeah. than it does to an Asian man, yeah. for example. Yeah. yeah the data yeah. looks very different. So yeah. we're not all the same. So to be grouped in that that. Name. And I think we're for I think that's a really important point um, point to make that and it's a conversation that we have at Indiverse that when organisations are looking at mm-hmm. um, improving and but as a sense of belonging for their employers, mm-hmm. don't make the mistake of grouping people together. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it everybody has their own individual bespoke needs, yeah. wants, aspirations, desires. Yeah. And it's about allowing the chance to discover that rather than yeah. saying, well Dean and Priscilla are the same age they're both black, they're both working media, so they're probably both like, you can't make that assumption. Yeah. So I think it's really important and I'm glad that you've raised that point. So if we're looking at the fact that it's International Women's Week um, and as a black woman working in media, mm-hmm. what challenges have you like seen in recent years or do you feel like it's improving in recent years than when you look at when you first entered? Um, I definitely think there's been an improvement. Yeah. if I'm honest, I think that the improvement has been very slow. Yeah. Um, But actually, if I'm really honest and we look at gender, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I don't think a lot of organisations still have a gender issue. Okay. In terms of representation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so even if I take a place like Channel 4 or I take a place like ITN or the FT, I think where we have an issue is at at that, that top level. Yeah. So on boards in exec teams yeah um but i think companies are tracking well and i think that gender pay um, and that legislation has helped with mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. um but i think if i look at the data with an intersectional lens yeah i think the pitch is very different for black women yeah um and i'm seeing a lot of black women leave my industry yeah um and i see a lot of black women not being able to have a space to articulate their lived experience yeah um, and they don't really feel like they're being heard yeah and it's almost like when gender's being discussed it doesn't include them yeah and and i and i'm hearing that a lot more and how do you think we could over how do you how do you overcome that challenge i think again by being open and having a conversation but data mm. like, i think that there's power in data. There is power in data. We know that what what gets measured gets done, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're at an organisation like the FT, which is a data-driven organisation, I need that data to be able to drive initiatives, mm-hmm. you know, put and put things in place. And I think that you can <laughs> you can learn so much from just looking at the data, yeah. If you have it, yeah, um, and cutting it that way, yeah. Um, and so I think once you have that data, then you can put the right initiatives in place. I guess that's what I'm trying to say to help support those women. So have you found throughout your, your career that there is a complete need to have data and to keep on reassessing that data and collecting that data? Yes, I think. But, okay, why I say yes, Yeah. because people will say, or leaders of business will say, oh, is it really like that? Oh, it can't be that bad oh, I don't think we have that problem. Mm-hmm. And the data doesn't lie. So mm-hmm. that for that reason, yes. Um, no as well, because I think that it gets to a point where you can say, look, we don't have the data, but we know what the issue is. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, but for me, what has really been powerful as a black woman is having sponsorship. And so I wouldn't be where I am in my career if it wasn't for having powerful sponsorship from great allies. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what we can do also as black women is help each other. Mm-hmm. So that when we get there, we throw the ladder back down. But also, we're, we're in it together. Yeah. Um, because I think, yeah, there's just power when you when you come together. You're more joined up. So this year's theme for International Women's Week is Each um, For Equal. What does yeah. that mean to you? <laughs> it means to me equal for all I think it means everyone having the same rights everyone having the same opportunities and for me it's about Doors being open for everyone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know my thing. I've just always had this vision in my mind of just the doors being wide open. Yeah. And so that if you want a career in my industry, yeah, you have the right to a career. Yeah. And regardless of your background, yeah. or regardless of your your what walk of life you've come from, yeah, you deserve a right to have a seat at the table. If we about Black History Month, um, and you know we both agree it's important to celebrate. What I really like to pick your brain about is. Do you think that there, are, that there are significant societal differences faced by black people in the UK compared to the US or vice versa? Yeah. I think that's a really um, interesting question, actually. Um, as you know, Black History Month means different things to everyone. Mm. Um, and, you know, pride for the month is expressed in so many different ways. Um, but for me personally, I think that Black History Month should be Black history should be celebrated every day. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, in terms of similarities, I would say that there are many. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be really honest, I think there are are many. Um, I think that we're very British here Mm -hmm. in the UK, Um, in terms of we don't really say what we're thinking and what we're feeling, and that's very different in the US. And that's actually what I love about the US, that it's very open. Mm -hmm. Um, If someone's racist, you know they're racist um although i think here in the uk actually since brexit that's actually changed quite a bit as well yeah people are starting to become more vocal around these topics does that make you does that worry you make you feel that we're regressing or does it make you feel more comfortable thinking that well at least people are being more honest i think i feel more comfortable that people are honest and i knew it and i think a lot of people knew that those Feelings were there, especially if you get out of London. And I think that's why the media didn't see Brexit happening. Yeah. Because we're in that London South East bubble here. Whereas if you go out of London, we very much feel what people are thinking and what they're feeling. So I remember going to Middlesbrough and people hurling abuse at me in the street and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like 2015.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: how are you literally calling me the N-word in the middle of the street? N-word? N-word, in the middle of the street. So if, you, in, if you're if you in a small town or village out yeah. of London... But like, Middlesbrough's not a small... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's, it's a, it's a considerable... Yeah. Sound. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's happening out there. So I would say that things have changed since Brexit and I think, yeah. let's, think of, let's talk about things like Black Lives Matter, right? Yeah. It's hard for us to forget some of those videos that we saw on social media, mm-hmm. where we saw US citizens being pulled over by police, mm. they're questioned and they're beaten for things that they didn't do. Ooh, sure. It was just shocking, right? Yeah. Um, and some, in, in some cases they hadn't even committed an offence and that was really hard for us to, to, to see. But I think here in the UK, we still have the same inequalities here, as I said earlier. Yeah. And you only have to look at things like stop and search stats to see that. But like I said, 40 years ago, you could be in a place like London and someone would kind of hurl racist remarks to you in the street. But today, if you look at racism, it comes up in the form of okay, let's take black black graduates, right? Yeah. They earn on average twenty percent less than white ones. Okay. Or you could look at the fact that a black pupil at secondary school is three times likely to be excluded. than a, their white So do you feel like there's ingrained racism in, like, institutionalised racism within the UK that's not as blatant as it was 20, 30, 40 years ago? Or do you think that there has been some progress and it's just going to take longer? I think there's been some progress and it is going to take longer, I wouldn't say institutional racism but I'll take the structured racism. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just because we do not ethnic minorities are still hugely underrepresented mm. in positions of power. Yeah. I think. And so when you have um the majority that come from a certain background, mm-hmm. those biases are likely to creep in and I'm not saying that some of it is tension like intentional. intentional. Yeah. Um but in some cases it is. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's a different form of racism. Yeah. So I hope does that answer your question? Yeah. You? yeah, so you feel like that there's so to reiterate what you've said, there's the same struggles thought yeah. in a different way. Yes. So in a, in the US your vibe that you, you've seen is that they're very forthright and, and outspoken about yeah. things. Yeah. Whereas what we can take a more kind of you know, subtle approach. Yeah, yeah let's yeah. not talk about it. Yeah, if I mention racism, they're going to think I'm racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I. And also, we live in the southeast and in London, yeah. so our our day-to-day interactions it's very different. are going to be very different than yeah. if we lived in a more rural, rural yeah, community. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, I think yeah. that that's probably. You know that I've I've been to America, but I've only ever been to big cities. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine what it'd be like if I went to a small town in the Midwest, Deep South, exactly anywhere, anywhere. Yeah, Yeah, I don't, I I can't imagine it's going to be the same experience as I've had in like New York and Florida. Exactly the same. Yeah, and I I feel what I love about the U.S. is, like I said, that they're open, Mm. but I love the culture. That mm. even if they're a minority, like you feel that culture there, and yeah, they, they feel proud of who they are, and they're not going to be silenced, yeah. And you know, we have um stations like BT. yeah. You know, will we ever get to a point in the UK where we have a station as big as okay? BET? So, I this is an interesting point, right? <laughs> because I see that as not being like separate communities, not being all intergrained, mm-hmm. and and that celebration of. Culture together, yeah. and I feel like here we do that. We do that, like, yes, we don't yeah. have our own black TV yeah. stations, or you, you do, but you're not yeah. national yeah. And, and, and to the scale you do in America. Yeah, and I feel like we can celebrate like everybody celebrates Black History Month, or you know, it's it, I yeah. feel like we're more maybe because of like the ex British Empire. I feel like yeah. we're more. More inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. I Rather do- than segregate it. And I use that word. I don't yeah, use that word. I know what so you mean. But yeah. But I feel like in America, like it, in New York, there yeah. is, there is definitely. There's black radio. Yeah. There's yeah, 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 it's yeah. Hispanic. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And it's. it's it, I don't feel like we have that as much, which I think for me yeah. makes me feel more comfortable. Yeah. I really notice it. Yeah. Down. Yeah. No, you're. I agree, actually. It makes me feel really comfortable. But I think when you've worked in this industry for a long time mm. and you know how many people are trying to get in and get on. Yeah. Um climb that ladder. Yeah. Or even just move sideways sometimes and you realize how difficult it is. I think the fact that in America they've just gone if you're not going to let me in, let mm. me have a seat at the table, we're just going to do our own. Yeah. And so at what point do people here say I-, I can't I've been begging for a long time. Yeah. I've been kicking down the door. And I think until that happens, mm. there won't be that much of a change or change will be slower. In yeah. terms of representation. Yeah. In media. Yeah. And I, I, I personally, for me as well, one of the things that, and I have this conversation with my kids a lot, because mm. we listen to a lot of different podcasts and stuff, and I feel that ugh, change happens when everybody's involved. Exactly. It does. It, and it needs everyone to be involved. And I think, right, you only have to look at, so why is Tyler Perry gone to go and do his own thing? Mm. Right. Um, I get, I get it. Like the US is more, it's bigger, mm. right? It's the Big Apple. But I think that there comes a point where, when we spoke about what does equal for all mean, mm. where if you just want opportunity, you just this is the industry that you want to be in, whether mm. it's banking, whether it's finance, whether it's media, whatever mm. it is, like why? Who am? I, why am I asking permission from someone else? Yeah, 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 yeah. Why do I have it's to have permission that. to get in? Yeah, it's understanding giving everyone that level playing field yeah. which is what you That's said. exactly yeah. what it is. It's yeah. leveling the playing field to ensure that everyone can get an opportunity if they want one. Yeah. Um but you're right in terms of this agenda we need everybody. Yeah. So it's not me with my D&I hat um <laughs> a silver bullet that's going to change the world and mm. all the other D&I professionals around. It's everyone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But everyone's got to really want the change. Mm. And back to the kind of the US conversation I feel like in the US when people don't want to do it, they'll just be like, nah, I'm not here for that. I'm not here for this diversity and inclusion thing. But here, they'll be like, yeah, mm, interesting. <laughs> it's getting that balance, Yeah, right? it's getting yeah. the balance. And trying yeah. to get people to be open. Yeah. Just be open to the conversation. You yes. Might, and you don't always have to have a massive part. You don't have to be the driving force, but don't be the barrier. Yeah, and that is why I'm never worried about resistance. Mm. because for me it's about going with the majority that want the change there are always going to be a number of people that don't want to jump on board who Mm. don't want the change Mm. but we don't need to spend too much time worrying about them it's about the majority Mm. that do and I think most people here in the UK do want that change to happen Yeah. Yeah. yeah I do Thank you for that. I' gonna pick your brain again. Love yeah. picking your brain. Yeah. Um, I couldn't. We couldn't really be talking about International Women's Day without referring back to the viral video of "be a lady." They say. Yeah. Um, what are your views on the messages in that video? Be a lady. Do people still speak like that? <laughs> Not around me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever and been a lady, I don't, and I don't think anyone's ever asked me to be. Yeah. I usually get told, "Could you be a bit quieter?" But yeah, I've never been told be a lady. No, I've never been told to be a lady. But I think what I love about that film is is the the kind of the undertone messages Mm -hmm. of that voice that women hear, Mm -hmm. and maybe it's an inner voice that you know, be a lady, um, you know, be smart but be sporty. Yeah. And it's like, we're told to be all these different things. And yeah. really, we should be just saying to ourselves, be yourself. Yeah. Um, I think that, for me personally, I probably hear that more amongst women. That yeah. type of conversation that we're hearing yeah. from the video. Um, but I think that As be- in the judgement of, 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 of... The, yeah, the judgement of, yeah, the judgement of a woman. But I don't think that, for me, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like society's changed so much now. And mm. there's... A lot that's focused around. So I just speak. I just use my daughter as an example. She. I tell her every day, like, be yourself. Yeah. Whatever that is, be yourself. Yeah. Um. And be happy. Essentially, yeah. I want you to be happy. Whether you're big, small, tall, fat, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Thin, whatever it is. Like that's fine. Yeah. Like whoever you are is fine. And I do feel like the younger generation are much more confident about owning who they are mm. than maybe our generation. Yeah. Um, But I, I did love that that message, that, that video was just calling out the fact that, actually, who are we meant to be this, be that? Why does someone have to tell us what to do and who to be yeah. and how to behave? I think that's yeah. what I took from it. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think there was a lot there in it. I, I, I agree with you. I feel that sometimes when I watched it, I felt like some of that has come or when i've heard those terminology yeah. it's generally come from women to other women, women and we can be quite judgmental and i hope that seeing that i just want us to kind of continue to empower each other and lift each other up yes. and support each other yes. and have a sisterhood like, yeah it's not a competition and that's yeah and that's what i kind of looking at that that video it makes me think it's women against women that is the issue a lot of the time. I'm not saying mm. that men are angels. No, no. But I don't think that men intentionally set out to make women feel that way. Yeah. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn and I'm probably going to get. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. 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 And I, everyone, again, everybody's experience is very individual. So if your experience has been not negative, like negative, not a lot of negativity from men, yeah. you can only speak from what you've yeah, seen. So yeah. it can't. And I don't think you're saying. Men are perfect, nothing No, different. yeah. It's your experience of if there has been negativity about yeah. you, yeah. It's come majority from women. And I think you should yeah. be allowed to speak. Yeah, yeah, that's my that. truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have to be honest about it. And I've I've actually had great supporters that have been men, great yeah. sponsors, great mentors. Yeah. Um I don't come from a background where I'm told, I'm a woman, I should be at home looking after yeah. my kids. Yeah. But uh, uh, society does tell me that sometimes in things that I read and what I watch on the television. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on women to be super women. Yeah. Um, and to do it all, I think, now. Yeah. And actually, if you want to be a stay-at-home mum, that should be fine. If you want to be a working career mum, that should be fine. Yeah, if like, you don't want to be, be judged. a mum, that you, should be fine. Sh- that should be fine. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like we have all these external pressures and as you know it doesn't help our mental health well and also okay. yeah exactly <laughs> like just surviving every day is a challenge yeah, it's and a challenge mind. yeah adding everything else to it so yeah now i think let's all just be kind oh <laughs> that is my motto honestly the world would be a much nicer place if we we're all kind yeah just nice yeah do you know what? it takes more effort to not be nice I know. Because so well, for me anyway. I've, just, I've literally started to you know like when you're on the tube or the train and everyone pushes to get on. Yeah. I purposely take a step back from ever you know when someone yeah, you yeah. and then automatically their whole body language changes. Because they don't have anything to fight against. Yeah. And then they realise they're being a bit of a plump. Yeah. And then everyone calms <laughs> down. It's true. And then or when that doesn't happen and they still barge through, I just laugh because yeah. I'm like and now I'm gonna get on the train because yeah. we both still got on the train. Yeah, and I'm still here. Yeah, yeah. just be it, it's so much easier it just is, to be kind. I think so. And you know, someone said to me a few weeks ago actually, like silly, you're always smiling. Mm. And I was like, Yeah. You are always smiling. I, but I'm like, What well, I just why not? Yeah. Like Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Why not? I can't <laughs> have my full smile, as you can see, It's quite full on. Yeah. So I can't just walk down the street smile because I, I look kind of crazy. <laughs> and then my natural face isn't that inviting so i kind of i think that's why my voice is always so excitable so people realize i'm actually nice yeah i'm nice i'm <laughs> nice. yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. i can't just like look at this you yeah. don't want. you can't walk down the street looking like this but so, like, i say that i'm always smiling but my face to say it all yeah so if someone if i don't agree with something yeah something's really annoyed me it's always yeah. all over my face. i'm trying face. to learn to do the glass no, no. although i think it's working sometimes <laughs> yeah. and then my team will be like, you. Mm. yeah yeah you didn't like that <laughs> did <you? Yeah. laughs> it's an everyday struggle we'll get there (laughs) it really is um so we've kind of touched on being a mum and having a son and a daughter Mm. um thinking about international women's day thinking about social mobility thinking about um each for equal all of the things that we've kind of discussed the challenges of being a black woman in the uk how things are changing what what Messages do you feel that your kids are exposed to, and what do you feel that their future will look like? And does that differ from yours? Oh, wow, it's a massive deep. question, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's really yeah. deep. Um, okay, so I just want my kids to be happy. <laughs> yeah, honestly. To be happy and be kind. And to be kind. Yeah. <laughs> and be good people. Yes. Like, regardless of whether you want to, like I said earlier, kind of climb the career ladder. Or, or not, work on a farm. Yeah, I think that our generation, because our, our parents are very much about, like, as, I, as I've touched on so many times in every we talk, how similar our entry into media, doing journalism degrees, blah, 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 was very similar yeah. in our parents having this traditional thoughts on what you should you do, do as yeah. a young black woman in the UK. I, I feel like when you're then a parent, you don't have these massive expectations because yeah. you're just like... I didn't do it. Like, I did it for as long as I needed to. Yeah. Like, I, I remember negotiating with my mum which GCSEs I was going to yeah. do. Yeah. You're not even studying. You're not, I have to do that. I have to yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why am I speak? even having this conversation yeah. with Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, like, <laughs> A-levels, I was, she was, again, very opinionated yeah. about what I could do. Yeah. And I just kind of was like, it's not, I'm not, I'm just not going to do that. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to It makes educate. you rebel more, I think, sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. I feel that when... You have children. Definitely, my approach to my kids has kind of been: yeah. Are you a good-rounded human, human being? being? Yeah, and then work out the rest. That's how I feel, and I think at times I've been um, worried. I think, as less so now about social media as well yeah. and young people and the effects it has on them. But yeah. actually, I think the younger generation are much more savvy now, mm. um, and they're aware. They're more aware of it. Mm. Um, but there was a time where I was worried about the impact social media was having on the young people influence. in terms of what they should be doing. You know, back to that video, actually. Mm. Like, on social media, everything looks perfect. Yeah. The hair's perfect, the makeup's perfect, they've got the perfect boyfriend, the perfect job. And I remember once, my sister telling me a story of a friend of hers that was didn't have a job, mm. but was dressing up every day to take pictures on Instagram. Really? Yeah. And she was like... So not even, like, because I've heard the stories of people that have lost their jobs and they still pretend to go to work to their family. Yeah. But this is just, to your audience... Yeah. This is the image I want to portray. This is the image I want to portray. And actually, was then taken off the full face of makeup and then really depressed and down, but felt like they had to live up to that,
1: you
0: know... Yeah. That pressure. Yeah, that pressure, yeah. And so that... There was a point in my time... Point in my life? There was a point in time when I... I did feel a bit anxious about social media, but I don't so much now. Mm. Like I could, yeah. Although TikTok is a whole other thing. (laughs) Have you tried it? No, see, this is the thing because I'm not. I don't want to engage in it. But all I keep on hearing (laughs) is, "Can I have a TikTok account?" And I'm like, "No, you're not old enough." Can I have a TikTok account? No, it's still the same answer. You're not old enough. (laughs) I won't know how to even use it. No, I downloaded it. I didn't really, I think I looked for like two seconds and my kids were like, what are you doing? I was like, yeah, I know. Like Snapchat, I had it on my phone for ages. I never, I'd be like, how do I read the messages? The kids were like, please just stop. Do you know? Stop. Yeah. You know what I think it is as well? And I have a love-hate relationship with social media Mm. because I think when it's used in the right way, it's so powerful. Yeah. But I think when, when I think about going out with my friends on a night out, right, I don't want to stop in the moment and take a picture and upload. I don't have time
1: yeah. to do that. So
0: then what happens is I get home and I'm like, oh, I should have put that up on my Insta. Yeah. And then the moment's gone. Yeah. But then I have that memory, but I don't feel like young people L- like, do have like that. Millions of people did before we had social media exactly. when they used to remember. Oh, that was a really nice meal oh, yeah. without having a picture of it. Yeah, I know, but now yeah. you have to have a picture to remind yeah. yourself of what that night was about. And I feel like I, I meet when I'm even with my younger cousins and stuff and they're on their phone at the dinner table. It yeah. drives me mad because yeah. I'm I'm trying to have a conversation with you and you're laughing at something on your phone yeah. and it drives yeah. So social skills wise, I don't know about social media. Yeah, no that's true. I think I I I like the idea of like having no tech zone so whether that's the dinner table yes. in the kitchen like maybe you can have like music in the background yeah. but like, we're, we're going to have a conversation and having that time, they're still <laughs> So, if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it say and why? This is another difficult question. Um, okay, so I think I would probably put a combination of something like, hashtag just to do it, i would steal it from Nike. Yeah. Or, I'm or- sure they'll let you borrow it. Do you think they'll let me worry, mm. and or maybe merge with something around like feeling the fear and doing it anyway? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. taking risks. Yeah, um, and beca- and the reason why I picked those two things is because I don't think we should let the system stop us from achieving our goals. Mm. And you know the fact that I come from a minority group hasn't stopped me, mm. and I wouldn't want it to. Their anyone's background to define where they're going. Um, and I feel like sometimes you just have to take a risk mm. and be okay with being the different person in the room yeah. and own it. Yeah. and so that's where that feel the fear, feel the fear of the difference almost. yeah, yeah, because what one thing um it's so interesting you say that because one thing that sticks out in my mind is mm. throughout my time in media and now working in DNI, which I absolutely love, I don't ever I've never really been conscious of walking in the room and being the only black girl. Yeah. I'm just Dina. yeah. Do you understand what I mean? And I, I think it's that what you're talking about—being fearless and just only in the moment. That yeah. like, there's been times when I felt uncomfortable yes. or I felt uh, you, you just mean like yeah. different. But it hasn't been. I don't walk in a room, and scan and be like, okay, so I'm the only black. Like, oh, I don't yeah. have that. Yeah. So yeah, I think that it, it comes down to that being fearless and just yeah. going for it and being comfortable within yourself. Self, as well. being comfortable in yourself and and going for opportunities. I think sometimes yeah. we hold ourselves back. It's. I don't know if you. you, I'm sure you all know. Like the research around women when they look at a job description. Yeah, I mean, I'm the opposite. I. Yeah. I'm like I can do two of those things. Yeah. Four of them I kind of know, and the other two they can probably teach me. Yeah, they can teach me that, (laughs) and also I'm going to do a second job while I'm doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I've never. I've, I've never ever applied for a job and thought, oh, I don't. Like I'm always a bit like. Okay, there's bits I'm gonna know, but that's the challenge of the next job, otherwise yeah. I'd stay where I am. Exactly. That's because we like a challenge. Yeah. But where do you think that also comes from? Because that must come from somewhere because that not I'm that told... feeling not feeling uncomfortable with being the only one. Yeah, I don't that... know. we're just a unique yes. set of girls. We are... <laughs> <laughs> women, we are women no, We sorry. are women! But no, I don't I don't know because I it, it, it's really weird because I had like my first life coaching session last year. And I assume everyone thinks and feels how I do, just because it's the way that I am. Yeah, so yeah. the way that I've just described, I walk into a room and I'm just like, okay, I'm Dina, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And applying for a job, I'm like, okay, yeah, I like the sounds of that, it's the next challenge. Yeah. And she was saying, it, it's not... it's The way I think is right, most people think everyone's going to be like me. Yeah. But the characteristics and the skills that I own are my own. So it's... Yeah. It, but I, I don't know why... Because yeah. I just assume everyone thinks like I do. Like, yeah. of course you'd apply for that job. Yeah. Even if you, like, what's the worst? Look at Donald Trump. I know. That I is know, right? I, Whenever That is fill the fear and do it anyway. Do you know what I mean? I mean, he's making I'm that. for a job own. you're not qualified for. Not qualified for at all. I mean, if he can get that job, there's there's a I'd, lot. Honestly, yeah. there's a lot we can learn from. Yeah. 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 So, and I hope that that goes on to the next generation. I of do. Our kids. That is one of my hopes for my kids. Yeah. To jo- and you know what? You just have to take risks sometimes, I think. Yeah. It's a learning experience. Like, every failure, every negativity, you take something from that. Yeah. But it's really interesting. My son is, he's very laid back, but not very, um, he's not cautious. He'll go for something. He'll be like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Yeah. But my daughter is what you would probably say is very outgoing and engaging. Yeah. But she is cautious cat and will think about everything in a 360. Yeah. Whereas he's like me, it will work out. Yeah. And she likes to plan everything. And he's a bit like let me see what I'm doing today. Yeah. And I think it's weird, because I'd, I'd like to think I've brought them up pretty much the same. same. They're twins, yeah. Yeah. so it would be a bit difficult being yeah. two different parents. But yeah, it's just, I think some things are just yeah. in you, yeah. and other things are... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we'll have to see, and watch the yeah. space. Um, which book or film is World well Book today would you recommend to people and why? Oh you know when there's just so many that you yeah. want to recommend but i think because of the topic because of what we've been discussing i want to say ah maybe <laughs> robin giangelo white fragility oh um maybe my daughter's
1: reading that book oh now. really what yeah. did she think
0: of it she she okay so she started it because you know she's like volunteering, so she's trying yeah. to get through loads of books yeah she started it she said that it was getting her a bit yeah so she's like i'm gonna have to read it like when i'm yes you've got to read it when you're in the right frame of mind i mean for me personally she is like a diversity trainer she's an academic yeah and it's that open honest conversation that i think we need to have about racism so she thinks it's like her feedback to me because i haven't read it okay she's like Mum, you're gonna love it she's like but i need to be in that space And I, as I told you, she's yeah. been she's been settling into Uganda. Like yeah. she's, she's got enough going on. But yeah, so you'd recommend it? Because... I think I recommend it because I think this is quite topical. I think this yeah. book,
1: mm. in terms
0: of the conversation that we're having right now. Yeah, um, I think it may even though reading it may make you feel a bit uncomfortable mm. I think we need to get a bit uncomfortable before we get comfortable talking about race yeah. I think I like the perspective that it comes from Yeah, um, because another book that I also like which is very similar is the Rene Edo Lodge book mm-hmm. Why I'm No Longer Speaking to Right People About Race Okay, these are all books on yep. my list, and I just need to get reading. Get reading, yeah. Um, and again, exploring similar similar things, yeah. Um, but from two very different perspectives, yeah. If you read both of them. Tell me what you think. I will. Yeah, that's going to be my task before I see you next. Yeah. To at least have read one of them. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. I'm not going to see you next week because that's a lot of pressure no, no, on me. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Let me know what you think. <laughs> what makes you feel inspired? Oh, what makes me feel inspired? I would say. I love nothing more than seeing people progress. Yeah. So actually, apart from that, I love connecting people. Mm. But seeing people progress really inspires me. Yeah. Um, and in whatever it is that they want that to be, um, that really inspires me. I love yeah, just to see people move and achieve goals. Yeah. And so when I'm mentoring or coaching and I see people ticking off their goals, that really does inspire me. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice thing. Because it, sometimes it could be like, being on holiday, duh, duh, duh. yours is about other people. Yeah. Do you know, it's funny, that always yeah. comes up about me. Do you, other people, people around me, influence the Way I feel, I think, yeah, as well. Well, then uh, I'm worried because you said that your your mental score was a six, and then you was like, Oh, actually, it's going down to a five, and so, I'm around you, so I would to be lifting it. No, up. But that's because <laughs> I left you, but now I'm at an eight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at an eight now, uh, but can you not feel that I'm at yes. an eight? Yes. You know, started? Yeah. yeah, 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 I'm at an eight, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely an, an eight now. So, you're definitely a people's person and, and kind of go for the vibe of others, yeah. And, and I, my kids inspire me, like, Yeah. everything that I'm doing now is for them, like I wanna leave a great legacy for them. Mm. Um, but yeah, I love nothing more than to like to connect people and to see people just achieving their goals and their dreams. Um, What does what does your daughter think that you do for work? (laughs) She just can't get her head around it. So my (laughs) husband, right, calls me the diversity police. (laughs) So ever since she was young she was like, "Mm, but you work for a television channel, dad keeps on mentioning police. Like what is this? (laughs) this poor um, cool girl when she has to stand up in front of the class yeah my mum is a TV police woman yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's it's a running joke every time something happens like Piers Morgan on Good Morning Britain or what yeah. have you and I say something my husband's like oh here she goes diversity police <laughs> um, but I I um, But, yeah, she... For ages, she would... Because I spent quite a lot of my time in television. She went, my mum works in television. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she would just drop, like, Channel 4. And then they'd be like, ooh... (laughs) Like, is she a presenter? Yeah. yeah. Is she a producer? And she's like, no, she's helping people from different backgrounds get in. Um and then now she's like she worked for the Financial Times and they're like, huh? Yeah. Like (laughs) What's she doing? (laughs) She sounds Um, like she's really proud as well. Yeah, she's really proud. She came here actually um last year for um bring your child to work day yeah and they, she absolutely loved it so they had the opportunity to put together a front cover oh cool. pitch back their ideas yeah go into the studio yeah um so yeah she's quite creative actually and i think does, it's so um, important for kids to see where you work like i yeah. always took my kids to yeah i mean my daughter's even been at this the office that i'm at now and she's yeah. like 19 but yeah. i think it's so important because you spend so much time Talking about work, being like yeah. being away from them, blah blah yeah. blah. For them to be able to see, like just where your desk is, yeah. and you know when you're talking about, like oh, I saw Roger on security again today, and yeah. blah, blah. like it means it something. Means something. It, it, yeah. it all falls into place for yeah. them. So and it's aspirational as well, and I think young people need to see all those different roles that are out there. Yeah, it's like when you're in school I don't know if you've seen that video of when um, it's draw a fireman. And or draw a fight someone that works for the fire service. Yeah, and all the kids draw a fireman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the door opens and um, a woman walks through, and they're like, <gasps> "Yeah, Cause, you know, it's, yeah. what what do you see?" You know. And I think I don't know if you yeah. have this with your daughter now, but I know with my children when they said that my mum works in media, a no one kind of knew what I did. Yeah, and it was very much like. <gasps> Really? Don't yeah. Her? yeah. Like, she works for the Evening Standards. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you understand? What I mean? Like, it's just, it's, again, showing that the accessibility, like, so many people just don't know yeah, what all the different jobs are. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I love that at my job, actually, in Channel 4, because it was telling people about all the young people around, all the different careers in the industry. Yeah. And that you can be a lawyer yeah. in a media company. Yeah. You can be in HR, you can work yeah. in IT. Yeah. You know, a media company operates like any other business. And a lot of people don't know that. No. And you just think media and they think presenter, yeah. producer, yeah, um, or what yeah. have you. And so- there's so much more. Yeah, there's so much more. Yeah, but, but no, yeah. She loves it. She loves the perks anyway. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mine she used to love the the uh, Christmas parties at the. Oh yeah, like I it used to it. be like in a massive, like, in a big hotel. Yeah, and they'd get like massive boxes. Yeah, and, yeah. they be like, "Is a Christmas party on again this year?" Yeah, and I But I used to be like that about the adult parties. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's totally true. fine. No behaviour. <laughs> um, what's the most important thing you've learned in your life? Oh. I think it would be to own who you are and don't let your background define you. Mm-hmm. Like I say it all the time because it's so important. Mm-hmm. It's, it's back to what we're talking about in terms of role models as well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if you don't see people in certain positions, mm-hmm. you don't think you can be there mm-hmm. because of your background or maybe mm-hmm. you wanna be there, but your background doesn't align to the mm-hmm. journey that they've had. Yeah. And I just think that that doesn't matter. In no. fact, it can actually help you. And actually my background's helped me be where I am now. Um, I probably wouldn't be here because everyone's experiences are different, right? Mm. Diversity of thought comes from diversity of different experiences. Yeah. Um, so I would say, yeah, not don't let your background ever define you. No. And sometimes in order to be successful, you just need to take a few risks. I like <laughs> that. I like that. <laughs> and I hope it inspires others to just be as ballsy as we've probably been yeah, like what's, gonna what the the yeah. like what's the worst thing that's going to happen that's the question I ask myself all the time what's the worst thing that's actually going to happen is it going to kill me? no, is it going to no. kill one of my kids? no No. is it going to kill my husband? no <laughs> <laughs> um, and what is your one tip to make the world a better place? oh I think we touched on it earlier I think it's kindness there's actually um, there was actually a world kindness day or something yeah. not that long ago yeah, yeah. And I just thought, honestly, it would make such a difference to the world if everyone was just nice mm. and kind. Um, I think it's much more easier to be kind than it is to be. And if you don't mean, have anything nice to say, just, just don't shut up. Speak. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, just, just be quiet. Yeah. yeah. I often look at people and I'm like, what are you hoping to achieve by making yeah. such a comment? Yeah. Like, why? But I guess it, people come from different places. Negativity likes negativity. Exactly. Um, I'm very optimistic. Yeah. And so yeah. I just like to have positive people around me. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's strain it's straining being negative as well. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, there's no time just, for yeah, it. There's no time. Yeah. But be kind. Just be kind. The world would honestly be a much nicer place, right? Yeah. And... I try and do like little things like when it's like World's Kindness Day, you always yeah. say things like, I'll oh, do one nice kind thing for someone. I try and just do it every day. Like, yeah, yeah let's make a cup of tea. Yeah. Or, yeah. Because you, you feel good. You feel Doing so it. good. I love nothing more than to do things for people. I love it. Yeah. Like, I love being able to help someone out of a situation. Yeah. Or what have you. And it, yeah, it makes me feel good. But I think even if you're not that type of person, or you don't have the time to help people, just yeah. be kind. Smile at someone. Yeah. yeah. You know? Let them walk in front of you. Open the yeah. door for them. Take, yeah. You know, yeah. little things like that. Little things that cost nothing. That cost nothing. But it can really... And sometimes when you do the, those little things, because you never know what anyone else is going through, it can yeah. mean so much. Yeah. Yeah. It can. So much. That is a really good point, because everyone, most people are going through something, or oh, you never know what someone's you going through. You never know. You never know. And so that throwaway comment, could have such a huge impact on someone. Yeah. Um, And so that's why it's also really good to be kind. (laughs) Well, thank you for being kind and joining me today. I've absolutely loved catching up with you, as I always do, Priscilla. And now I just want us to carry on talking all night, but we've both got commitments. (laughs) I know, we've got to run and start the second job. Exactly, (laughs) exactly, exactly. But no, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Priscilla, thank you.
1: Thank you.